Doug, we're back. We are back. The Infertility Feelings Podcast is back. I have missed it so much. Can you? It feels like it's been a year. Doesn't it feel uh, it like does. it's been a long time? It does. Time? We took some time off, which was good for us to like just kind of think about what we wanted the podcast to feel like and just have some time for mental health and all those things. And we are back ready full force every week. We are so excited. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Before we jump into kind of what the show will look like going forward and the topic of the day, uh, I hope you all had a great summer, right? It's yeah. been, I can't believe we're kind of back. We took about a month off. Right. Jesse, what did we do during the summer? I can't. We went to Disneyland. We went to Disneyland. Yes, we did. And we, it was crazy uh, The Infertility house. Feelings podcast is housed in Southern California. Yep. And we spent two days at Disneyland. And if you've ever been to Disneyland, you know that it's a crazy experience. Right. The days that we went, it ended up being like a hundred degrees. Yes. It was so yes. hot. Yes. And I have a theory about Disneyland from those two days. What's your theory? There is no wind at Disneyland. There's... No wind. Think about this. Think about this. If you have been to Disneyland before, everything is a set. Cars Land is a huge set. Toontown, huge set. And it goes high into the sky. I seriously think there is no wind that penetrates into those sets. Because when you are standing in a three-hour line for something, not that we did that, but it felt like it, the sun is just beaming on you. Just beaming on you, and there is no relief. That is my theory about Disneyland. Disneyland... You need big fans. You heard That's it here first. Disneyland is trapping the wind and keeping it outside of Disneyland. It's true. Maybe I mean, it costs money. Maybe it would like, actually no. be. Maybe it would be really bad if there w- it was really windy at Disneyland. Everything would get all messed up. I mean, that's true. But just even just a little, like I was literally watching the trees. I was watching they the were trees. Cr- they were crazy still. They were cringeworthy still. And then I go home and I'm like, there's wind, there's trees, whatever. It's just when you're standing in line, I don't know what it is. If it's just the sun or just standing in line and it's just direct sun. No relief. You know there are like real deal Disney nerds out there who are going to know the answer to this. Please tell me. Jesse at uniquelyknitted.org. Email me. I want to talk about it. <laughs> Have you ever been to Disneyland when it's windy? That's I the mean, question. Really? I mean, I'm not saying a lot of wind. I'm just saying a little wind. Just Even a like little. just a little breeze. Just a little breeze. Something. Maybe like maybe it's windy, but it's only above like above the Matterhorn is where it's windy. Nowhere else. I see. I don't think that would get down to you. I would literally That's would what make I'm a That's skill. What I'm saying. Yeah. I like, like the wind doesn't come down to the ground floor. But then why would that help? We're starting a uh, <laughs> an advocacy campaign to put fans inside Disneyland. I literally got so good at all standing. because we were hot in line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of all the things that are going on in the world, I this is the <laughs> most important. Is what we're trying to tell you. I was gonna say that this is a massive first world problem. I'm at Disneyland having so much fun, and I'm hot. Please. <laughs> Okay, moving forward. We moving just, forward, please. Let's move forward. Moving forward, we want you to know that the Infertility Feelings podcast is really your weekly companion yes. for dealing with all things infertility and feelings. Yes. There are so many great partners that we have, clinics that we know, doctors that who are just amazing human beings doing some of the most amazing work ever. 
And there are so many coaches and therapists. We hope to talk to them. We hope to bring them on the podcast. And we hope that you use this opportunity to really access your feelings once a week, right? I mean, obviously, we're feeling things every day. Right. But we hope that at least once a week, you check in with us dive into the topic that we're talking about and allow yourself to feel what we're t- what, what the topic that we're in and allow yourself to maybe let us give you words and give you a, a picture for how you would care, your, care for yourself uh, during a time like this because infertility, it takes a long time. Yes, and we does. know that there are lots of people that are there to help and we want to be there. But the very specific thing that we're able to do is be there for a long time. Right. We set we ain't up, going anywhere. <laughs> we set up the Infertility Feelings podcast as part of the nonprofit that we run, Uniquely Knitted. Uh-huh. And Uniquely Knitted is an infertility nonprofit. And the whole goal is to create something that outlives you and me, Jesse. It's something bigger than us and serves the infertility community for a very long time. So if you're in the midst of it and you're like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to be here for years. So are we. So we will walk with you every week through that whole process. I just want to clarify something you said. Even though if you, because I feel like someone that's struggling with infertility, at least for me, I did not want to think I would be struggling with this for years. Yeah. So one thing I would say is wherever your infertility journey plays out, we're here. We're here. And we're going to cover a whole bunch of things you know, when it comes to infertility and all the different pathways that it can go down. So we're here and we're your voice friends. Jesse, do you realize what you just did? What? You just segued perfectly. Drop the music. This is the topic that we want to start with on this first episode back is the topic of time. Time. The Infertility Feelings Podcast. This podcast, you and I are here for the long haul, but nobody wants to be here for the long haul. No. And I think that is an important distinction to make from the very beginning of us even just wanting to reach more people to be a voice for feelings in the infertility community. When we started our process of trying to get pregnant and struggling to get pregnant, we did not think it would take as long as it took. And maybe you're listening to a podcast or you've watched a couple of YouTube videos or you've visited your clinic. You're like, hopefully by next spring, this is a thing of the past, right? And I'm not doing this anymore. Hopefully next month. Yeah. Hopefully I, I only know Doug and Jesse for like three weeks or, or right. like a year at the most. Yeah. Literally, maybe at the most. We are conditional friends. We really are. But that's okay. I'm just kidding. Hopefully we, we move into the unconditional category. Right. But, f- but really we're friends that no one wants at this point, right? Yeah, In the beginning, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know about this infertility community right. of people suffering year after year. You're like, no, no, no. I don't want to be part of that. Right. But so many people are. Right. And, and, the, and I think the, f- the number one thing that we could really put our finger on when it comes to what it feels like is what does it feel like for this to take too long? Yes. Oi. When I think about my own infertility journey, time plays a huge part in it. Yes. 
when we first started to try to get pregnant and we were struggling to get pregnant, I did not think that it was going to take as long as it took. And actually time was something I was really, I was, if I can be honest, I was like pissed about the time. Right. Everything that we did felt like it was like a three month time span or a six month time span. Even the trying, you know, maybe this, maybe you've heard this too. I don't know. I'd be interested to know if you heard this, Jesse. And if, if you listening, if people have told you this too, Mm. when you start to try to have kids, someone says, well, you don't want it to take too quick. You know, you want to enjoy the trying for a while. Like, Hey, you know, you might get to have a bunch of sex for three months and then great. You know, you get pregnant. Yeah, very such, common. Oh, it's just like not not a single part of that was ever true, right? Like I'd never enjoyed, you know, like none of right, it, none of right. it felt like oh, this is just great, you know, right? But even then, a couple months down the road, it wasn't we when we weren't getting pregnant. It felt like okay, something's wrong, and then maybe you reach out or you Google, what should I do? Everything that you see says wait one year or try yes, for yes. one year. My first question to you, Jesse, is what the hell? Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. Why is that? I this, mean, I'm sure there's a medical reason, right? But from a feeling standpoint, we're not even on the medical reason. We're on the emotional part. Like, what the hell? Why has it got to be like that? This might be frowned upon in the medical community, which is I'm fine. Su- I'm sure it I is. Love, <laughs> I love the medical community. They do so many amazing things for us. But are they in your bedroom every month? Making sure you have sex like if and why I say that is because if you know there is a problem, we have so many people in our like support group say like I had a diagnosis when I was young. I knew this was going to be a problem for me. I knew which is really hard when you have to advocate for yourself. And that's basically what it boils down to is advocating for yourself. Or a lot of people just say like I just knew. I just just knew. knew. Well, that's me. I had but I had no reason why. (laughs) Mine was just you knew. Hey, you were right. I was I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Wish I wouldn't have been right on that one. But some people have actual diagnoses right. and diagnoses, 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 diagnoses. And I am just like, so they say to try for a year, like, or have you been trying for a year? And you know that you possibly could have a problem. Just say yes. Yeah. Yes. How do they know? Are they checking your bedroom every night to make sure that that's happening? <laughs> like, no. So, I mean, I know that's probably frowned upon. And I think, and I think this goes from case by case. Yeah. Additionally, for our, from our viewpoint, from an emotional standpoint, that, that, there, that is a component that needs to be taken into consideration, right? Right. If you're month six and you're emotionally and mentally at your breaking point. Right. And you're like, well, I, we got to do this for six more months. No. Yes. Just, just no. Right. Your mental health is just, a, is just as much a reason to go and seek medical um, help diagnosis, testing, you can reach out if you're mentally suffering as well. Right. You know, it's not just, they might tell you, let's test in a couple months. Let's do this. But you can go and talk to someone. You can talk to a doctor. You can talk to a fertility specialist. It doesn't matter. If you're mentally suffering from an emotional standpoint, don't suffer for six more months or three more months or two more days just because you think, I have to wait a year, right? I mean, that seems like a no brainer because in the beginning of infertility, right? The very, just the topic in general, there's a built-in waiting period, right? Uh, It's like a waiting room that lasts one year. Right, And that is a mentally difficult thing to just deal with in the beginning. So Mm. 
if you're listening to us maybe even for the first time or you're, you're like, oh, the, the Infertility Feelings podcast is back. And if you're like, this is really taking a long time and I'm suffering, mm-hmm. know that it doesn't have to only be your body, bodily reasons to reach out for help. It can be mental reasons to reach out for help too as well. I, and I hope that you would have a safe doctor that would listen to you um, and a medical professional that would listen to you because we also know that sometimes people have tried to advocate for themselves and it doesn't go well. But don't stop there. Keep advocating for your mental health and your mental state and keep going. And maybe you need another opinion. Just keep going. Yeah, and not to be self-serving, but to serve you. We run support groups through Uniquely Knitted, right? They're emotionally focused support groups that teach a certain growth model so that you can be a more resilient version of yourself during this time. If you're at like month four, month six, month eight, year two, and the and the best medical advice that you can get at the moment, and maybe it is good medical advice, is to keep trying, you know, keep staying on the course. And you're like, but I need support. I need support. There is support. Yeah. We are here to support you. So I, I think that's just my... My thought that I immediately thought about when we talked about infertility and time is that your mind and what's going on in your own internal world is reason enough to reach out and get help. It doesn't have to be like, I'm mentally suffering. I'm at my breaking point. I can't do this anymore. Okay, well, what's going on with my body? Oh, okay, also my periods are really unregular. So that's why I'll reach out. It's like, well, no, you can just reach out and say, I am really not doing well from how long this is taking for how painful the medications are, for how unhappy I am. That's reason enough to reach out. I totally agree. So Doug, in your infertility story, why was time so hard for you? Oh, because I'm impatient. <laughs> you stole my answer. Oh, yes. Doug Brown. But I think no. our impatience are, come out in two different ways. Our impatience come out in totally two different yeah. ways. You're impatient in a different way than I'm impatient. My impatience is based on, and this could be true for you. It's okay. If you're listening to in your car, no one's going to know. It <laughs> is based on fear. And it's okay to be afraid. It yeah. really is okay to be afraid. My impatience is based on fear. I'm a, I was afraid of being an old dad. Um, when I, when we started to think about getting pregnant, I immediately was like, okay, I like the age that I'm at right now. And I don't, it has to happen right now. Cause I, I don't want to be any older, mm-hmm. you know? So when we were having trouble, I was like, no, 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 no. We waited until I was ready and I didn't want to be any younger and I didn't want to be any older. So it had to happen now. But the the wait, the delay was really, uh, I felt impatient because I was so afraid about being this old version of myself, like having kids graduating high school when I was 60 and things like that. Right. Totally irrational, not based in anything real, but it was an overarching fear that I couldn't get rid of. Did you think that in the moment? Do you think you were conscious of that? I think I had the idea of I don't want to be an old dad, but I don't know. I don't know if I had all of access to or the reason why I felt that or right. or what I was really afraid of. Right. But I remember I remember saying like I don't want to be an old dad. But you know it's funny. So if you know our story at all, we ended up uh, adopting this sweet little boy in such a crazy, weird way, mm-hmm. miraculous really way, and he came into our life really fast. Do you know what my what immediately became my thought again was? Well, I don't want there to be a big age gap. Yeah. 
Oh, so I went from, I don't want to be an old dad to, well, I don't want there to be a big age gap. Right. So I was always afraid. I don't know what. Yours has to do with age. Your fear and with time was age. I don't know what I thought reality was going to be. I thought, like, did I think I was going to be, you know, walking with a walker as my kids were going into kindergarten? Right. It, It emotionally felt like that. But logically, it wasn't really even real. You know, we were even young when we... I know. When we went through this whole process. Right. I so, want my knees back during that time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we were young. Right. So, so I mean, I mean, there's, there's a, probably a million more things to say, but right. for this conversation and just where, where people are at right now, I think it's just paying attention to um, why we, why do we hate that it takes so long? Right. You know, why are we hating that it takes so long? What, it's painful. That's obvious that it, it, it's a difficult thing to be in the right. midst of. But for me, there was, there was something over that. There was this fear of, of it taking too long and me being this old dad. Right. And really, it's based in this whole life that I had set up. I right. wanted it to go a certain way. And this thing was a monkey wrench in the gears Mm-hmm. And and I just went to the extremes, right. uh, absolute extremes. Like, well, I'm going to be an old dad and this is ridiculous. It's taking forever. And uh, like, this is not what I wanted in my stage of my life. And I was like, so going to such an extreme. Um, and it wasn't until I really addressed that I was terrified, that I was terrified mm-hmm. that one, it may never happen, which we never got pregnant. Right. It may never happen or that it was... Uh, going to be the thing that ruined my life. You know, like right. I was afraid that my life was now ruined. Right. I really had to look at that. Right. And once I started to look at that, I started to to feel better. You know what I think it is too, not to psychoanalyze you, but let's just do therapy on air with each other. This oh, is what geez. we oh, sit down at our dining room table and talk about all the time. I think that it was because your dad was not necessarily young. I mean, he was young, but he is a very athletic still mm, to this yeah. day. He surfs, he skates, he, you know, is can do anything basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, do you think that was a part in there somewhere of like you saw your dad do that and you're like, oh, I don't want to get to an age where I can't do that with my kids. I think it's totally possible. Oh gosh, do you want to open another can of worms? Okay, we'll do another episode on this another time. Right. We grew up in the like the Christian church right. and, and the church that we grew up in, people got married young and had kids yes. young. Mm-hmm. To me, it was, yeah, my dad My dad had us when we were, he was youngish and he was always like, he's still cooler than I am. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know why I would say that, but. But to, it was like baked into the culture yes. that it was cool to be like 32 Right. with like a five-year-old you know right. like that was like how cool right mm-hmm. you know like i was like leading the soccer team and people were like oh my gosh you're so young and like fit still right <laughs> never been fit in my life it's like you're fit i'm yeah but do you know what i mean like yeah, it was yeah. just in the culture of right. like that's the vision right and it was like oh no i don't know i can't i can't get the vision anymore mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was that was a scary reality to to come to And I think for me, my impatience came out a completely different way. I knew I was going to be a kick-ass mom, whether I was whatever we started, 28 to Oh my gosh, were we 24? I mean, that's fine. Totally normal. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal that totally is. I don't even know. You know what? I'm not really good at numbers. I just threw that out there. 28. We were actually, we were, we were 12. <laughs> just 12. <laughs> 
I don't know how old we are. We were I, was really young. Let me make my point. <laughs> I was going to be a kick-ass mom whether I was 28 or 58. Yeah. So I just knew. I knew that I was going to do that well. And the age part didn't bother me as much. It didn't, actually. Um, it was the impatience to get a baby. If I get this goal, no matter what age I am, if I get this goal, then I can be okay. If I get an infant, then I'll be okay. If I can be a mother to someone, then I'll be okay. So my impatience came with, I will do whatever I need to do. I will go to acupuncture at 6 a.m. even though I'm not a morning person. I will like do all this stuff, which a part of that is good because a part of that is like yeah. a part of fertility and fertility treatments and stuff like that. But it came from me as like an impatience. I didn't enjoy any part of that. Not that you can. <laughs> not that, I mean, it's hard to. There's a sense of you're not going to be okay. Was it tied to almost like happiness? Like Yes. I, I'm not going to be happy unless I have right. boom. Right. It was really for us an infant. Yeah, for unless me. Unless I give birth and have an infant, I'm not going to be happy. Right. Which right. does create a crazy impatience. Like right. I, I got to get there because I want to be happy. Right, right, right. And it was like it wasn't that I wasn't happy during that time. I mean, it was. Uh, my world was like very dark at that time. And we've talked about this many times of like... I had no, I did not put anything on that. The fact that my career was exploding at that time, me and my friends were doing actually really good at that time. Yeah, there we was were a actually, lot of good. There was so much good, but I yeah. didn't see it that way. So, I, but I think that was because I was so impatient. I was so impatient with let's get to the egg retrieval. Let's do the IUI. Let's do this, do this, that I wasn't in it at all. Mm. I was not in it at all because I was just like, let me get to that goal, get to that finish line, and then I'll check that box, and then I'll be able to be in my life and be like, okay, okay. And yes, it's a little bit in my genes. I had a very impatient grandfather, and I have an impatient dad who I love so much. So it definitely <laughs> is a genes thing with me too. But, but it's just, it was that like, it's almost like, you know when it's like you're, you're, you're listening to something. I do this and it's a bad habit. I go, yeah, 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 yeah. I felt like I approached fertility treatments with saying, yeah, 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 you're rushing to the end. I'm rushing to the end of like, okay, tell me how to do this. Yeah, 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 Oh, it cost this much. Yeah, 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 Like I, that's how I did it. And it was like, I just was not in my life at all. I was just grinding and almost above it, watching it happen and not in it. Which becomes, which becomes painful when... You can't go, yeah, 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 just get to the end. Right. Maybe you could do that if it was three months. Right. When it, What happens when it's three years? Right. You're in a yeah, yeah, yeah kind of lifestyle for a long time. And that's painful. Very. So the question is to you, to the listener about time. Infertility can take a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us, Jesse, me, mm -hmm. all of us need to figure out what is it about it taking a long time that really drives us crazy. There's the obvious ones, you know, because it sucks. You right. know, that's like, right. <laughs> I want to get out of yeah, this. You want to get out of it. It's not fun. It's expensive. You want to have a family. You want, you want to put this behind you. But there, there are probably, right? deeper reasons. Yes. And I think it would be good for us. Well, why don't we take this week, sit with it, 
think about what are those deeper reasons why you hate that this takes a long time. And if you're a listener who's maybe dealt with infertility in the past, this that same thing holds true, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When you're in the middle of something you hate and you're like, oh, I want this to go faster. What are those deeper reasons that the time element is hurting so bad? Are you rushing? Right. To, you know, doing the yeah, yeah, yeah to just get to the end. Right. Are you living a yeah, yeah, yeah lifestyle? Ooh, that's good. Ooh, this, what's that one movie? The Secrets of the Yaya yeah, yeah Sisterhood? Yeah. <laughs> But not that. I don't think that's the same. I don't think that's. I think they're bonding in that. I don't (laughs) think now. But yeah, it's like, are you living that yeah, yeah, yeah lifestyle? And it's so true. It's like, I we did that for an IUI and an IVF, and then it didn't happen. Like right, year after year after year. You know what I mean? That's why I think breaks are so important. Of just taking a break. It doesn't mean that you're never going to do it again. You know and. It does. It can feel like, because that has to do with time taking breaks, like it's getting longer and longer. But I think that's really important so you can be more in your life because fertility treatments take so much and struggling to conceive can take so much that you just live a yeah, yeah, yeah lifestyle and you're not in it. So if infertility takes a long time and it can be painful for something to take a long time when you want to get to the end, the way that we really stay in it and can really stay connected to ourselves and really be more resilient is to understand the deeper reasons and to go back and look at them, grieve them if they need to be Mm -hmm. grieved, really face that reality and understand uh, this is taking a long time and that makes me feel like I'm fearful for who I'm becoming. Well, that's a good thing to look at and it's something that that will help you feel more resilient and help you feel stronger on the way. How did you get to that point where you realized it was because you didn't want to be an old dad? I think talking about it with friends. I had to really talk it out, to be perfectly honest. With, you know, sometimes infertility is hard to talk about with guys Mm -hmm. and it was hard to talk about with my guy friends, but talking about with you, um, bringing it up and saying like, yeah, I think it's just really hard for me because... I have this vision of like being a young dad and I feel like I'm losing that. And then having people be like, Oh really? No, I don't feel like you're an old, I don't think you would be an old dad. And even if you were like, that's not a big deal. That was really helpful for me because it, it, it provided almost like a, a community of people saying like, no, we would still love you and accept you even if you got pregnant, like super late. And I started to go, okay, okay. It's okay. If that were to happen, you know, and I started to accept myself and not be so, anxious and fearful right and i think mine was just pure grief i just needed to grieve yeah i just needed to grieve that what if that didn't happen for me what if i didn't get that goal would i still be happy would i still be a person if that didn't happen mine was all grief related jump back into the infertility feelings podcast the question that we want to look at this week is what does it feel like for infertility to take a long time infertility and time what are your feelings about it what do you think about it talk to someone talk to yourself scream in the car as you listen to this start to process what does it feel like to deal with infertility and time. Jesse, I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to be back. I actually, what did I say a few weeks ago? You I looked said at you, you were like, I miss it. I said, I miss the Infertility and Feelings podcast. I really do. I miss that channel to be able to communicate with 
our community yeah. and just the help it brings. I mean, honestly, and this is not to self-serve myself, but to serve you or whatever that line is you said <laughs> of like, I had no idea that this podcast would be so helpful for people. I know that sounds like what, but it's like, it's true. I, I get more comments and DMS about our podcast more than anything else of just like being able to be seen in your own time, in your own space, in your own process. So I'm just excited to just do this podcast and never stop. I love it. Ever. You know, when you, <laughs> you know, you have a friend group and there's that one friend that, you know, you can go to whenever like, you know, like stuff really goes down and you're like, I just need to talk to someone. You, everyone has that one friend and you show up and they look at you and they're like, hi, how are you feeling? You know, that, right. that's who we are. Yes. We get to be that in your life. So if that's enjoyable to you and you're like, yeah, I need that, you know, there's a lot of information out there. I need someone to sit down and be like, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Right. Then share this podcast with them. Spread this uh, around the infertility community and, and let's get everyone talking about feelings together. How fun would that be? Yes. Hard, but fun. Yeah. I don't think everyone views it as fun, honey. I do. I think tearing into our emotional lives is fun. <laughs> I don't know if everyone would share the same sentiment. Okay. How, about, how about not fun? How about good? It would be good. 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 We'll a hard good. We'll That's what settle. I okay, we're going to settle on hard good. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hard Good. <laughs> I meant it's hard, but it's good. Not it everybody hard, wants to good. dive into their feelings all the time. It is hard. Besides but Doug good. Brown. It is hard, but good. And that is also, I, it's taken a lot for me to not say that's what she said <laughs> to it's hard, but good. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, we will see you next week and for the foreseeable future, forever, every week, on the dot, besides Christmas. We right, are so Doug? excited. Even <laughs> Christmas Day. We're there. We're there. <laughs> we love you all. Have a great, great week.